Well, good morning, Village Church. My name is Matt. I'm one of the pastors here at the Village. We're glad to be together along with you this morning. We are wrapping up our series. A few weeks we've been spending in a series we're calling Big Questions. And if you're with us for the first time, we've addressed uh, five, I believe, or six big questions at this point. And we're wrapping up uh, this morning with our last big question. And what we found every week is that there are these big questions. And they usually revolve around some kind of big lie that we've believed we bought for one reason or another. But we found every time that there are big questions, but there are bigger answers, and that we have a big God who is big enough for any question that we would bring to him. And the question that is being brought this morning is this, isn't Christianity just a white Western religion? Isn't Christianity just a white Western religion? And I can tell you the short answer as a white Western Christian is, uh, is no. Is, is no and, and is not even, not even close. That's the short answer. The, the longer answer is gonna take us about 30 minutes this morning from Acts chapter one. And we're gonna find that Christianity did not start as a white Western religion. It did not stay a white Western religion and Christianity will not end as a white Western religion and history has proved it and history will prove it. The fact is that Christianity is not in any way, shape, or form a white Western religion. But to many people, it feels that way. To many people, it feels that way. And there are a few reasons for that. And so this morning, I'm going to put on my sort of anthropologist, sociologist hat a little bit. I studied that in college and maybe try to point out a couple of reasons why it may feel that way, even though factually it's not actually that way. The first is very simple, is that most of us did not pay attention in geography in school, okay? So most of us did not pay attention in geography. And if you're like me and did not pay attention to geography or like most Americans, I just want to show you really quickly. This is west and this is east. And so when your high school history teacher was telling you that Christianity is a Western religion, I just want to remind you the West is over here and the East is over here and West is always left of East. Is that, is that good? Is everyone good on that this morning? I don't mean to belittle you. That was, that was my way of just sort of poking a little humor at something that, that kind of isn't so funny. Um, there are a couple other reasons for this that are much more sobering and much more real although Americans are not statistically very good at geography. Another reason this morning might be something like this, that most of modern history is seen through the ends, modern Western history is seen through the lens of colonialism. Most of Western, modern Western history is seen through the lens of colonialism. And Christianity is often connected with colonialism in people's minds because Christianity was such a big part of Western culture, and still is. And we know there are things about cultural reprogramming that happened that were at very best insensitive and mostly just inexcusable. As colonialism was part of the history of the West, and many times Christians were, were complicit in this. They watched these sorts of things happen, and sometimes Christians even participate in it, sometimes even missionary, Christian missionaries. I will say as a caveat, as an anthropology major in college, as I study these things, and I listen to college professors sort of lambast Christians for the way they treated people around the world, I would say that the Christian missionaries did bring some things to other cultures in the world that were really positive, like to cultures where they practiced 
you know, things like wife swapping and incest, Christian missionaries told them, like, that's probably, there's a better way than that. And for cultures where they actually would sacrifice their children so they could please, like, fertility and, you know, prosperity gods, Christian missionaries came and said, there's actually a different and a better way than that. And to many cultures in the world where Christian missionaries went and there were people like headhunters, they would tell them, like, actually, there's a different and a better way than this. And so before you believe everything that a high school or college history professor will tell you or that your anthropology teacher tells you, know that there were a lot of great Christian missionaries who were very well-intentioned, who traveled around the world to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with people because in the end, there are only two cultures in the world, the culture of heaven and the culture of hell. There's the kingdom of God and the kingdom not of God. And many of those missionaries were going to bring the kingdom of God and the truth of the kingdom of God and the truth that there is a better way of living than any culture would just create on its own. And so there are a lot of very well-intentioned Christian missionaries that went around the world. Some of that even attached to the movement of colonialism. We're going to see later that God's big enough to, to use even horrible and tragic things in our world to spread the good news of his gospel. There's a fourth reason this morning or third reason, and that is this, that most of modern life in our cultural context is seen largely, if not mostly, through race. Because of the sad and the tragic history of slavery in our nation. And again, how many Christians were complicit in this? They, they just watched it, in a sense, and they watched it take root in our culture. And worse, there's even some so-called Christians, I don't know that I would call them Christians, that created a false and a very gross view of very gross type of Christianity that is not Christianity at all, that used the teachings of Christianity in a distorted, gross way to justify slavery. Many of those same professing Christians who are not Christians um, actually used that teaching to, um, to really just kind of keep slaves from understanding their, their value in God's eyes. Pastor David did a fantastic job last week of walking us through the image of God and the issue of abortion and the reality that all men and women are created equal in the image of God with dignity and value and worth. It doesn't matter what the color of their skin is or what their first language is or where they were born in the world. They're created in the image and likeness of God and every human being has the same kind of value and worth. And the Bible teaches that. And there were slave owners and even professing Christians who I think are not Christians at all who would even hide that teaching from slaves so they could keep them subjugated. And this has had a very, um, as you can imagine, hurtful and difficult, tragic effect on our culture and sometimes on our Christian culture. The fact is that Christianity is not in any way, shape, or form a white Western religion, but it can feel that way to some people and for some, well, for some good reason. Perception is reality. And if we're gonna help answer this question this morning as Christians, Western Christians, if not white Western Christians, all of us Western Christians this morning, we know that to help redirect people to the reality of Christianity, we're gonna to have to reacquaint ourselves a little bit with the history of Christianity. And we're gonna to have to reorient ourselves a little bit in terms of the realities of what historic Christianity looks like. And by God's grace, reverse the perception that, well, Christianity is just some kind of white Western religion. And to do that this morning, we're obviously grounding ourselves here in Acts chapter one, and we're gonna learn three things this morning. First, we're gonna learn that Christianity didn't start as a white Western religion, and history proves it. 
Christianity did not start as a white Western religion, contrary to what your professors told you, and history actually proves it. We see this in Acts chapter one where Luke writes, in the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up. After he had given commands to the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, he presented himself alive to them after his sufferings by many proofs appearing to them during 40 days. Luke even documents the amount of days Jesus appeared after his resurrection and speaking about the kingdom of God. So Luke is a historical theologian. If you look at Luke, he is a historical theologian and he was commissioned by a donor, by a patron, much like many anthropologists and sociologists and historians are today. Sometimes those people are commissioned by universities. The University of, you know, commissions a study on a group of people. Luke, Luke is like that. He was commissioned by a patron to go and to document the birth and the spread of Christianity and to give what he called an orderly account in his first book, The Gospel of Luke. So Luke documents the birth of Christianity and Acts documents the spread of Christianity. And so Luke is a theologian to be sure, but he is a historical theologian. And the thing about Luke is that his history does not drive his theology, rather his history drives his theology. His theology does not drive his history. See, for lots of people, they believe that, that for Christian theologians, the, theologian, the theology drives their history. They decide what their theology is, and then they craft history to match it. You'll hear that a lot. The truth of the matter is, as we see from Luke, and as we see, see through actual history, is that, that Luke, his history affects his theology. His history helps to define his theology in some way. Because if Christianity is theological, and it is, it first has to be historical, because Christianity actually claims that God came into human history in the person of Jesus Christ. Christianity is a historical faith. It's grounded in history because Jesus came into human history. God came into human history in the person of Jesus Christ. And if Christians don't get their history right, they can't get their theology right. So where is Christianity grounded historically? I think most of us know this, so this will be quick this morning, but, but Luke says this, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach. Well, that happened between 30 and 33 AD. And if Christianity is theological, and it is, it's not just historical, it's actually geographical because all history is grounded geographically. It not only happens in time, but it happens in a place. And he says, he presented himself alive to them after his sufferings by many proofs appearing to them during 40 days. That's at the Sea of Galilee, and that is in Israel. And so what Luke tells us in the Gospel of Luke, in a book that we often open here in our church, is what non-religious, secular historians have been telling us for a long time, that the epicenter of Christianity, the start of Christianity, was in Galilee, in Jerusalem, and they are not Western places. So Christianity cannot be a white Western religion because it was not started by white people and its founder was not white and it was not started in the West. You might say, okay, okay. Well, look, Christianity might have started as a white Western religion, but it's pretty much stayed that way since it came to the Western world. The reality is once Christianity got to the Western world, it has stayed a white Western religion. That's the reality of Christianity. It might not have started that way, but it has stayed that way. 
And what we find this morning in the book of Acts, and what we find through actual history, is that Christianity didn't stay a white Western religion, and history also proves that. And the Bible actually speaks to it, because the Bible is a historical book. And here in Acts chapter 1, if you look at verses 8, 6 to 8, it says, So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Will it all go down right now here, Jesus? Will, will this be the center of everything always? He said to them, look, it's not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father is fixed by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in all of Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Jesus told the disciples that Christianity would start right where they were in Jerusalem and it would move to Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And we are the ends of the earth. <laughs> it did take Christianity a while to spread to places like the place we live. And as we come up on Thanksgiving, we were reminded together as we sat praying together with the band and the Sunday morning team this morning, that much of that is, is due to the pilgrims actually coming here. And what we look forward to celebrating next weekend will, will remind us that Christianity took a long time to come to this place. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And for us, and for much of the world, the ends of the earth was actually west of where Christianity started. We, hope, we know historically that this is the way Christi Christianity unfolded geographically. And so that same skeptic would say something like, well, maybe you can refute the claim that Christianity is a white Western religion because it didn't come to America for a very long time, but it still came to Europe before it came anywhere else. And if Europe is responsible for most of Western culture, then Christianity is a white Western religion. And I would say, yes, Europe is responsible for much of Western culture, but no, Christianity came to Africa, and Christianity came to the Middle East. Christianity even came to places like India before the Christianization of Europe. Let's start with Africa. The fact of the matter is Christianity did not come to Africa first by white Western colonial missionaries. Let me just say that again. Christianity did not historically first come to Africa by white Western colonial missionaries. The Bible d documents this in Acts chapter eight. There's a highly educated African man who becomes the first known convert to Christianity in Africa, Acts chapter eight. We know this starting here in verse 27. And he rose and went, that is Philip is going to meet this Ethiopian that he sees. And there was an Ethiopian, that's an African, a eunuch of the court of Candace, queen of Ethiopians. He was in charge of her treasuries, a very educated African man from Ethiopia. He had come to Jerusalem to worship and was returning. Returning where? To Ethiopia, to Africa, seated in his chariot, and he was reading the prophet Isaiah. See, the Bible records what non-biblical history also records, that Christianity came to Africa at a very, very early time. This account from the Bible tells us that Christianity reached Africa as early as 33 AD in Ethiopia. But we know from history, from secular, non-religious history, that Christianity took root in Egypt in the first century. And then it spread in the second century even to Sudan and other parts of Africa. And the Coptic church by its tradition claims that Thomas and the 
the Apostle Thomas and the evangelist Mark were involved in the founding of, the formation of the church in Alexandria. That is in Egypt, which is in Africa. And by the fourth century, which is the 300s we know, we see the Christianization of Ethiopia, which led to the founding of the second officially Christian state in the world. Many of your teachers and professors will tell you that the Roman Empire was the first Christian empire, first Christian state in the world under Constantine, and that is just wrong. Actually, the first Christian state in the world was in Armenia, and it started in 301 AD, which was a half a century before the Roman Christianization of Rome. And then we have the second officially Christian state in the world in Ethiopia in the fourth century. Time doesn't always only show us this, but, but influence reminds us that the African church actually had a ton of influence on early Christianity before the Christianization of Europe and actually during it. Augustine of Hippo, he lived from 354 to 430 AD. He's a major theological contributor. And when I mean major, I mean they don't get more major than Augustine of Hippo if you study theology. He is most well known for the city of God and the do on Christian doctrine, but his confessions is a really, really thick volume of all kinds of rich theological insight in history. See, not only did Christianity come to Africa before it came to Europe, but African theologians like Augustine were influencing Christianity well before most of the European theologians that you and I would know. And today, over 60% of the population of Sub-Saharan Sub Africa are professing Christians. And by the year 2050, the Pew Research Group says that 40% of the Christians in the world will live in Africa. Christianity did not stay a white Western religion. But let's look at the Middle East for a second. Christianity did not get to the Middle East from white Western colonial missionaries. So let me just say that again. Christianity did not get to the Middle East first from white Western colonial missionaries. Christians were first called Christians in a place called Antioch. We see that in the Bible in Acts chapter 11, verse 26. And Antioch is what's in modern day Turkey, center of the world right now, a lot going on in that part of the world. And we know that one of the oldest, most continuous groups of Christians, Christian communities in the world, is actually in modern day Iraq. And this is why the, the ISIS thing was such a big deal to so many Christians, if not just people. It's a big deal because where people create an image of God and what ISIS was doing to people who were creating the image of God was deplorable. It was wretched, it's demonic is what it is. But they were doing that, much of it they were doing to Christians. They were trying to wipe out the oldest, continuous Christian communities in the world. They're in modern-day Iraq. And today, the fastest-growing Christian movement in the world is in the Middle East. It's in Iran. And today, there is estimated to be over a million Christians in Iran. And in 1979, there were only 500 known Christians in Iran. And this morning, I brought this picture of uh, Christian baptism in Iran, and it's so incredible because I think sometimes when we think about Christianity in Iran, we're thinking they're like hiding in their homes, and they're, they're, they're so scared and afraid, and it's like, nope, that looks like a, <laughs> a pretty public place, and it looks like a lot of baptisms going on, and it's unbelievable. Christianity did not come to the Middle East first through white Western colonial missionaries. It did not. 
And Christianity has spread on its own in that area and a lot in the last few years. Matter of fact, Mark Howard in an article on the Gospel Coalition said it this way, more Iranians have become Christians in the last 20 years than over the previous 13 previous centuries put together since Islam came to Iran. Christianity did not stay a white Western religion. What about India? What about even a place like India? I just want to tell you as clear as I can that Christianity did not come first to India by white Western colonial missionaries, contrary to popular belief for what your junior college professor would tell you. The church in India claims to have roots as far back as the first century. Now this is church tradition, but church tradition is often church tradition for some good reason that says the apostle Thomas brought the gospel to India in the first century. And even non-Christian secular historians believe there's some truth to that and assert that this actually could be the case. Robert Eric Freinberg says it this way, it seems certain that there were well-established communities of Christians in South India no later than the third and fourth centuries. And he includes, and perhaps much earlier, because he knows, as well as any good historian knows, that Christianity may very well have gotten to India, as far as India, by the first century. But in either case, Christianity came to India, India listen to me, centuries before the Christianization of Europe. Christianity did not stay a white Western religion. This morning I, um, I brought this little graphic and I wanna ask the guys just to roll it as I, as I talk just for a minute here. And you're gonna have to concentrate on where it starts because most of us are not good at geography, it's already started. You see the spread of Christianity from, from Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And what you're gonna see here as you watch is that Christianity spread all over the earth and so did other movements. Some of them religious, some of them national. But Christianity continues to stand and where Christianity gets snuffed out, it comes back again. We'll talk about why that is later on this morning. But you'll see that this is the way that Christianity spread around the world, that Christianity did not start as a white Western religion and history proves it. And Christianity did not stay a white Western religion. And history also proves that. The irony is that a lot of this kind of way of thinking is really centered on something that we know as ethnocentrism. And if you studied any kind of anthropology or sociology or history, you've heard this word ethnocentrism. Evaluating our own culture according to our own preconceptions like focusing on our own culture and saying that our culture is the center of the world. And ironically, most of the people claiming that Christian, Christian or Christianity rather, is a white Western religion, most of the people that claimed that and, and taught me that were, were high school teachers. They were university professors. Today, they're social media influencers. And there's a lot of people that have been indoctrinated by all of them. And they're making the claims that Christianity is a white Western religion, ironically, from a very Western ethnocentric position. If somehow America is the center of the world, if somehow Europe is the center of the world, and if these same people were intellectually honest, and I told one of my anthropology professors this in a class at one time, and if they were academically honest, it would be more reasonable to say that Christianity started 
as an olive religion in the Middle East, which has now become the most diverse religion, if you want to call it a religion, on the face of the planet. It's become the most diverse religion in history. And you cannot put a skin color on Christianity. You cannot put a color name to Christianity because it's all over the entire world. It's not localized like other religions are, many other religions are, to one place or part of the world. Christianity has covered the face of the world. So the Bible said what happened, and it is happening. History proves this out. From a biblical perspective, from a Christian perspective, America is not the center of the world, and neither is Europe. Israel is. It's pretty far east from America. <laughs> All right, lastly this morning, I say, okay, okay. That same skeptic might say, okay, okay. Maybe, maybe, I, maybe I have to be submitted to learning a few things. Maybe I have to be open to learning a few things this morning that Christianity might not have started a white Western religion. And Christianity may not have stayed a white Western religion, but, but I'm pretty sure it will end a white Western religion because I'm pretty sure most of the missionaries come from white Western countries. And they're still going all around the world telling people about these Western ideas. And so Christianity is going to end a white and a Western religion. And maybe that's what, maybe that's what my professors were trying to get across to me in college. Maybe that's what my anthropology professor was trying to communicate to me, that it's going to end that way because most of the missionaries come from white Western countries. What we're going to see this morning from the Bible and from actual history is that Christianity won't end as a white Western religion, and history will prove that. History has proved that it's not, it didn't start that way. History has proved that it didn't stay that way. And history will prove that Christianity will not end this way. We see it here in Acts chapter 1 in verses 9 to 11 where it says this. And when he had stated these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven as he went, behold, two men stood by them with white robes and said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, whom was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way that you saw him go into heaven. The Bible says that the end of human history is gonna, it's gonna, be, it's gonna be started, it's gonna take place, it's gonna begin on the Mount of Olives outside of Jerusalem in Israel. The Bible says this through the prophet Zechariah in Zechariah 14. On that day, his feet shall stand on the Mount of Olives that lies before Jerusalem on the east. And the Mount of Olives shall be split in two from east and west by a very wide valley so that one half of the Mount shall move northward and the other half southward. And this is why for so many of us, we're looking at the events that are happening in the Middle East right now and we're wondering, could this be the beginning of something like this? Is this the birth pangs, as Jesus says, of, of this moment where Jesus returns? Christianity, the culmination of Christianity, at least here on earth, will end, it will begin. The beginning of the end will be in Jerusalem on the Mount of Olives. Revelations gives us a picture of what happens in the end to end, in Revelation 7, 9 to 10, where it says, after this I looked, John getting, the Apostle John getting a, a vision of what heaven will look like. And behold, a great multitude that no one can number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages. You could say from all tribes, all peoples, all languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, 
clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. In heaven, there's going to be a picture where people with all different color skins say, salvation belongs to our God. And that is not a white or, nor a Western thing. <laughs> that, that is every tribe, every people, every language saying he is our God. Jesus Christ is our God. And this is the truth of the gospel. This is the truth of Christianity. This is the truth of the way things end. This is what the Bible says. This is what history has been pointing to. This is the direction history is actually going. This is the way the modern church is shaping up. I saw this once on a missions trip to Sweden years and years ago. I took some of our youth group students to Sweden. And we were staying in this church, and they were gracious enough to allow us to stay there. And that Sunday, we actually went to church in that church in Sweden. And it was an international church for the international community in Sweden. And there were flags all around the sanctuary. So just imagine our sanctuary with like flags, you know, from all the nations covering all around it. And I remember sitting in that church and then standing in that church and then singing in that church. And we did sing in English. But as I looked around, there were people literally like this from every tribe and tongue and nation and language. It was the most diverse church I'd ever been in, and it was amazing. It was so amazing to see all kinds of people from all over the world, all different kinds of first languages, all different color skins, all different socioeconomic status, all united by the gospel of Jesus Christ. The people that are telling you that Christianity is a white Western religion, many of them are trying to divide people in our country and in our world. And Christianity does not do that. The only way Christianity divides people is people that are in Christ and people that are out of Christ. People who are Christians and people who are not yet Christians. People who are living according to the kingdom of God and people living according to the kingdom of this world. Christianity does not separate people this way. Again, it's the most diverse faith in the history of the world. It's the most diverse faith on our planet right now, and it always will be. Revelations 21, in the very end, it says, and I saw no temple in the city, for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty, and the Lamb. And the city has no need for sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light. I mean, that's an amazing thought. <laughs> There's no need for light, because Jesus is there. And its lamp is the Lamb. By its light will the nations walk. And the kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. And its gates will never be shut by day. And there will be no night there. There will bring into it the glory and the honor of the nations. And what is the glory and the honor of the nations? I believe it's something like the glory and honor that God receives and gets because he saved people from every tribe and tongue and nation. Because what he said he would do, he has done. He's drawn people to himself from all over the world from every place in the world. That word nations literally means ethnos. It means tribes or people groups. I mean, it's very, it's very pointed. As we look at history, we say, people often say, the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. The best predictor of future behavior is past behavior. And the Bible has clearly said that Christianity did not start as a white Western religion and it didn't. And Christianity is clearly said, and the Bible has clearly shown that Christianity 
wasn't going to stay a white Western religion, and it hasn't. So as we look to the future, we can say confidently that Christianity will not end that way either because the Bible says it won't end that way, and the best predictor of future behavior is past behavior, and the Bible's been pretty accurate on all that it's predicted. It's been pretty accurate on the way that history has unfolded, and we believe by faith it will be. Christianity is the most diverse faith in the history of the world, not because Christians are better than other people in the world, not because we have a better plan, not because we've just worked harder. Christianity is the most diverse, the largest faith in, in the history of the world, the most diverse faith in the history of the world, because God is behind it. And Acts 1 reminds us of that as well, verses 4 and 5, where it says, and while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have from, heard from me, for John baptized you with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. As Christians, we believe that the Holy Spirit indwells us, that the presence of Christ is with us, that he empowers us, that he enables us to obey him in his great commission, to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe everything that Jesus has commanded us. We have the Holy Spirit has enabled us because he said you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Fact of the matter is we are unfaithful witnesses much of the time. Fact of the matter is we are not always the most obedient witnesses. We're not always the best witnesses. But Jesus has used his people because his spirit indwells them to witness to who he is and to what he's done to people all over the face of the earth. And this is why Christianity outlasts all of those kingdoms that you saw on that map unfolding. This is why Christianity um, outlasts all those other religious systems and all those other governmental systems. They come and go, but Christianity remains. And Christianity continues to expand, much of it in the non-white, non-Western world, because it's empowered by the Spirit of God through the people of God. So Christianity didn't start a white Western religion. It didn't stay that way, and it won't end that way. So, so what's the difference to us? What implications might there be? There's three of them this morning if you're writing this stuff down. Since Christianity didn't start as a white Western religion, we should look into our history. We should look into our history. Too often, professing Christians are, are duped by lies that they hear from teachers and professors because, well, we just don't know our own history there is a, a kind of a, a thicker but um, really thorough book on Christian history called Church History in Plain Language. And I'm going to leave it up here on the stage after our time together this morning. And you can come up and take a look at it. And it's pretty thick. Don't be intimidated by it. Um, you read a, a thick book like you do any other book, just a little bit at a time, right? Yeah. But it's actually church history in plain language, and it will help us to understand our history. We should look into our history a bit. We should understand our history Today, it's, it's just sort of like so cool to look into like, you know, 23andMe or, you know, one of those things to understand what's my genealogy, what's my history. And I would just say, you know, people are interested in where they came from and, and what kind of ancestry they have and what kind of culture was, was part of their life and their family and how much more for the family of God. Like we should look into our history so that we understand we are the family of God. The family of God is really diverse. And by the way, if you're, not a, if you're not Jewish, we, we, we've all been grafted in. We've all been adopted into God's family. And so what a beautiful picture and what a beautiful reality that we can actually study our family history. We should look into our history. It's really good. 
Secondly, this morning, since Christianity didn't stay a white Western religion, we should live out of our history. We should live out of our history. This is our history as Christians, that we don't see people based on the color of their skin. We don't see people uh, based on the place that they were born or came from. We don't see people based on their socioeconomic status or anything that's connected to that in any way, shape, or form. We don't see people from the nation, their nation of origin. We see them as Christian or non-Christian. We see them as people that are in need of Jesus. We see them as image bearers of God. And in the place that we live, by the way, Jesus has brought the nations to us. We can live out of our history right here Christians' history is that they share the gospel with people that have different color skin than they do. That is our history. Our history as Christians is that we share the gospel with people that have a different first language than we do. That is our history. Christians have always done that, and we continue to. And we can do that right here. The nations are literally coming to us. Irvine is the most diverse city in Orange County, and you've probably noticed. This is a very diverse place which is why your pastor started praying, I think up to five years ago, that maybe more than that now, that Jesus would help our church to reflect our community. We're not targeting one group of people. We're just a church in the midst of a community, and we're asking Jesus that our church would reflect this community because these are the people that he stewarded us to share, share his gospel with. Thirdly, this morning, since Christianity won't end a white Western religion, we should live into our history. We should look into our history, we should live out of our history, and we should live into it. If you are a Western Christian, do not be intimidated by the idea that the future of Christianity is not Western. Be joyful about it. This is God's plan. This is what Jesus is doing. He is spreading his gospel all around the world. Don't feel guilty about the fact that the, the future of Christianity is largely non-Western. I don't feel guilty about that. We're just involved in what Jesus is doing all around the world. We can share the gospel here across our street, and we should and we will. The reality is a lot of what's happening in Christianity is happening across the sea, across the ocean, across the continents, across the world, largely in the non-white, non-Western world. And we should do what we can to be a part of that, which is why we partner with guys like Andi Dina in Albania, the most open majority Muslim country in the world. And Albania reaches all the way into Europe. Albania reaches all the way into the Balkans. Albania can reach all the way into the Near East. Albania reaches into Africa. It's at a place where it can reach all these places, which is one of the reasons we joyfully partner with Pastor Andi and Light Church in Albania. We can live into our history. We should live into it. As we end this morning, one last misguided part of this question. Isn't Christianity a white Western religion? And if you're not yet a Christian and you've joined us this morning, um, can I just, as humbly as I can say it, Christianity isn't a religion. Christianity didn't start as a religion. Christianity didn't stay as a religion. And Christianity won't end as a religion because Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is all about a reconciled relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And if you're not yet a Christian, or if you are, you might consider this reality through this lens that the Bible teaches that we were created in the image and likeness of God, male and female, and that our first parents were placed in the Garden of Eden, which isn't in the West, by the way. And our parents had everything that they needed, but they wanted to be the God of their own lives, as we do. 
We would have done the same exact thing that they did. They disobeyed, disregarded, disrespected God. They dethroned God and made themselves the God of their own lives. All of human history was destroyed after that because our relationship with God was separated and it created separation and enmity and strife between us and other people. And the rest of human history can just be all traced back to that, the Bible teaches. But the Bible also teaches that God wasn't content to leave us that way. And if you're not yet a Christian, the Bible teaches that Jesus came to us, that God came to us in the person of Jesus Christ. That he wasn't, God wasn't content to leave us in a broken relationship with him because of our sin. And he wasn't content to leave us in a broken world where sin would just ravage and destroy everything in the world. But he would come to us in the person of Jesus Christ and that Jesus would live a sinless life on our behalf a life we could never live, that he would die on the cross and in our place and for our sin, that Jesus would take the consequence for our sins onto himself, and that Jesus would rise three days later to forgive us of our sin, our sin against God and our sin against one another, including all of our racism and all the ways we have judged people with, for different languages and different color skins and different national origins. He forgives us of our sin, and he frees us to live the kind of life that he designed for us from the beginning a life that's rightly related to him and now can be rightly related to other people. And this is why Christians historically have given themselves a thing that reconcile people. This is why it was a white Western Christian who drove the abolition of slavery in Europe. And this is why that happened in America as well. It doesn't matter the color of the person's skin. It matters that they were Christians. Christians are the ones that try to help unite people around the world. And yes, people have divided people in history and claimed to attach Christianity to it, a distortion of Christianity. Hopefully this morning you've seen that the real Christianity has played itself out over the course of human history, and it always will. The Bible also teaches that when we place our faith and our hope and our trust in Jesus as the one who's come to forgive us of our sins, that he separates our sin as far as east is from west. There is no east and west to him when it comes to our sin. The Bible said he separates our sin as far as east is from west when we place our faith and our hope and our trust in him. And this is the good news this morning, that Jesus came to live and to die and to rise so that he could separate our sin as far as east is from west when we place our faith and our hope and our trust in him. And that good news is true for every person on the face of the earth. It doesn't matter where they came from, and it doesn't matter what color their skin is. It never has, and it never will. Would you pray with me? Jesus, we can sit here as Western Christians this morning, as Western humans this morning, and be thankful that the gospel of Jesus Christ has continued to, to come as far west as this place to people like us who, who need you as much as anyone else in the world. So Jesus, we thank you that you've used everything in human history and that you've redeemed even some of the awful parts of human history, even the things that people have done falsely in your name to continue to spread your gospel, your good news, salvation, and life in Christ all over the entire world. We thank you that, that your love and your patience was not lost on people like us, living so far away from where it all started, 
that you've come so far as to come to us to save people like us. So we love you. We thank you. We ask these things in Jesus' name.